JV. What's happening, brother? Hi, man. Doing good, man. Early pod. Yeah. Tuesday. Old Tuesday. Independence Day, man. Yes, sir. ID4. Doing anything uh, patriotic fun today? Um, Not really. Okay. Okay. Just chilling, just relaxing. Just chilling and relaxing on our yeah. nation's birthday. Yeah. Been doing some hard labor the last few days, so. I hear it, man. Gonna chill out and. Might, might still grill some hot dogs. We'll do that. Gotta get some glizzies in, bro. We'll <laughs> <laughs> do that. Gotta get some glizzies in there. Well, I have a tr- tradition my, okay. myself, all right? What's up? And every year since 1996, I have watched Independence Day every July 4th. Gotcha. Uh, this year, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Okay. You ready for this? What's up? Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft carriers from here will join others from around the world. And we'll be launching the greatest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Let's go. Mankind. That word should have a new meaning for all of us today, ladies and gentlemen. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July and you will once again be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. Oh yeah. We're fighting for our right to live to exist. And should we win this day? The 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Why do you ask? Because today, ladies and gentlemen, is our Independence Day. That was, uh, that was beautiful, Clyde. But, um, we should probably start the pod. Just saying. All right, let's yeah, let's, let's, let's get it. Let's get it going. Maybe that yeah. went too long. My, yeah, it my was, bad. It was beautiful though. Good job. Whatever. <laughs> Roll some damn movie news. <laughs> Happy Independence Day, guys. Good <laughs> job. <sighs> uh, uh, uh. Got me sweating over here. Hey, man. That's what, that, that that's what, it, what was it about, man? Intense. All right, team. So I'm pissed off. <laughs> Usually, you know, we have some good movie news. Uh, today, we don't. Uh, Superman Legacy. James Gunn taps David Cornsweet. I have no clue who this kid is. No clue whatsoever. Nope. And uh, Rachel Bronson to play Clark Kent and Lois Lane in a DC Studios film there. J- JV. You know Henry Cable's the man. Oh yeah, yep. Um, I'm not mad about Rachel Brunson because she's like really talented. Okay. And and like Miss Maisel, and she was also in House of Cards, and she was fantastic in that. Right. Um, I don't know how I feel about this corn sweat, corn sweat, corn corn sweat. <laughs> Guy, sweet, right? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, yeah. I'm Do you know sure. who this guy is? 
I have no clue who this dude is. Uh, looking at his IMDb here, and there is not really anything on here that I would have seen him in. Mostly because looks like a lot of TV shows mm-hmm. that are probably not my style. Like more towards like teens and kids, right? Um. Well, he was on. He's got a, an episode of House of Cards. Oh, uh, so they, seven, both, they both were on House of Cards. Though. Seven okay. episodes of Hollywood. I don't really know what that is. The Politician, 11 episodes. We Own This City, six episodes. It looks like a few, maybe a few smaller movies. Okay. Well, uh, he's 29. He's going to play um, the, man, the Man of Steel. Okay. This is a sad day in the world, guys. It's a beautiful... <laughs> July 4th, but a sad day, man. <laughs> so so it seems like after uh, months of testing uh, different people for Clark and Lois, they have landed yeah. on these two. Um, and from what the little bit of interviews that he's had about playing Superman before this guy, he wants to make him more lighter and fun than what Zack Snyder did with Henry Cable's Superman. is, And I haven't searched this, and it just popped in my head. What, what is Superman legacy like? Do we know what kind of timeline that is in Superman's life? A younger Superman. Okay. So he's, he's a young dude. He can... He looks... If I were to look at this guy, I would think this is, you know, he looks his age, if not younger. So if you're looking at a younger kind of early twenties, maybe yeah, he might fit right in. You know who would have been a dope Superman? As far as the look, anyway, Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid, the boys. He's already gonna I gonna voice know. him in the new Superman animated show on Adult Swim. Jack Quaid is this guy. I don't know, man. I don't know if Jack Quaid's got this good as his jawline right here. <laughs> That, that's what we're going with jawlines now. That's it. That's I mean, I Superman. Can play Superman, okay. <laughs> Superman, I have a fantastic jawline. Superman's jawline. You are you okay? So are you excited about this casting? I don't, I don't know this guy, so I don't know. I mean, if I maybe if I knew like if I seen any of his shows, if I knew he was a good actor or not, maybe. So I don't, I don't really know. But if we're looking for, if we're looking for a younger, a younger Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a. To me, he's got a look for a younger Clark Kent. All right. Well, he's not as big as Henry Cavill, but he's still got a decent look to him. Is like, are they doing like Henry Cavill's a big man? Yeah, he's gigantic. And like, for me, that's super. Like, that's the '90s animated yeah. series Superman. But Henry Cavill got gigantic as well for this movie. He wasn't humongous before he started this movie. No, no, no. He no, was a big no, guy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he bulked hardcore for this movie, and maybe it's what they can do for this guy. I just want Henry back, man. Yeah, I mean, me too, dude. Gosh, me too, man. But once again, I am really excited for Rachel. Yeah. Just with her skills from Miss Maisel, you know, uh, Lois Lane is... 
quippy, smart, like always the smartest person in the room. Tough. Yes, tough as nails. We'll we'll get in there and do dumb dumb shit. Doesn't need Superman. Superman's going to have to eventually save her because she's falling out of a plane. (laughs) (laughs) Only only when when she can overtake uh, physics, right? That's the only time she needs his help. Other than that, I'm good, bro. I don't need mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope that like he is able to match her energy on yeah. screen. Yeah, you know what I mean. And obviously, they did like the testing of the two. That's why they were announced at the same exact time. Yeah. Um. So Warner Brothers and James Gunn, we trust, right? Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> for this pairing, so hopefully there's something there. Um. Let me ask you one more question go about ahead, this. Go ahead, go ahead. Then I'll, go ahead. Then I'll, I'll leave it alone. Uh, red underwear or no red underwear? Red underwear, dude. You want the red underwear back? Yeah. Nah, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I can't relax. <laughs> I, I have, n- like, ever since, so when I talked about the new 52, that's yeah. with Superman without it's more sleek without yeah, yeah, the red yeah. underwear. It's, That's a good look. And, and the New 52 is the New 52 comics is what I was talking about. Yeah, it's a good um, look. It's a good look. It's a sleek look, man. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it like the Captain America stealth suit in the in the beginning? Right, right. It's like, it's like okay. Let's go. I'm trying yeah, to yeah. bang with this, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, I want it to be more sleek, but knowing James Gunn and just he's kind of a traditionalist at the same exact time, I would be shocked if he didn't have the red draws on. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd be like, "Oh, okay." Well, I wonder if there's <clears throat> a wonder if there's a good good medium place there in the middle where you could go back to this traditional suit but it still be kind of not be just blatant like he's wearing some draws. His mom made him some draws, I bro. Mean, you know, got a extra protection, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Fighting Zod, man. You got to make sure the gins yeah, are covered. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I mean, either way, as long as we get that, I think as long as we keep that kind of slick, slick look as much as possible, it's not just like a, you know, kind of that version of way older Superman costume that was just like blatantly like a pair of drawers on top of his tights. I really don't want to see that. <laughs> I mean, I just remember when I wanted to play either dress up Batman or Superman. Yeah. You know. Put drawers on. I mean, put drawers over <laughs> my outfit <laughs> yeah. to make the outfit work. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I didn't actually have, like, the, the real costume. I had to make it myself out of whatever and pretend so, yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna trust Peter Safran and, and James Gunn, who's directing this film, uh, to make sure that these two do a fantastic job. What I also want to see is less of him. Like we've already seen him Zod twice. Yeah, we've seen uh, Lex Luthor a few times. Right. Um, I. You know, he has a large rogues gallery where for a start film, it should mainly focus on, like, if this is going to be your guy moving forward. Like, yeah. how long do we have 
Tony Stark for like what ten, a little over ten oh, years, yeah. right? This yeah. is gonna be your guy for the next ten years or so. Um, I I highly recommend start with a more of a character story, which James Gunn is fantastic at. Yeah, yeah, and don't make the villain like. You know the, the ultimate villain. The ultimate villain that he has to face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now, you know yeah. what I mean. Um, I don't feel like we need to be saving the world right off ex- the bat. Right? Exactly. I think we've talked about that a lot. Like, stop saving the world. Just, just let us start something small. Yeah, man. Build, build up. Just save the block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I know you're Superman. Yeah, you can do everything, but like, keep the Daily Planet. Thing from falling off the building. That's what we need. <laughs> this shit's always falling yeah, off, man. All the time. And you always ha- miss it, too. Such like, a hazard. Such a hazard. <laughs> Worst insurance ever in that city, man. What up, team? Welcome to this episode of Movie in a Pod. I'm Clyde Smith. And I'm Javier Villalobos. All right, team. On this week's episode, we're discussing the trailers for Heart of Stone, Retribution, Episodes 1 and 2 of Secret Invasion, and our movie of the week. That's right. He's back. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I don't know what that was. That's good. That's good. All right, team, we've got some trailers for you here. Uh, yet again, uh, 89-year-old Liam Neeson, he's uh, still whipping out still guns and, and fighting it. people and, you know, <laughs> doing stuff. Uh, and then we have my homegirl, uh, Gal Gadot, in a Netflix drop, an intelligent agent, Heart of Stone. So, uh, cool, yeah. Cool. Guys, we're going to throw these on our uh YouTube page. Yes. Almost messed that one up mm. there. We're going to throw them on our socials, but I tell that at the end. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're going to check it out for our full reaction. You can find that link in the show notes. All right, team. So we have Retribution. According to IMDb, a bank executive receives a bomb threat while driving his children to school that his car will explode if they stop and get out. This is a remake of a 2015 Spanish film, El... Desconcito, El Despacito, we'll just call it that. (laughs) Mess that all up. I don't speak Spanish, guys, or can read it very well. Um, (laughs) Uh, This one's directed by Nimrod Antal um, with uh, Liam Neeson and and Matthew Modine and a whole host of other people here. So, JV, usually I let you start with your reaction to these trailers. Yep. I will say this, man. Um, I don't like every Liam Neeson movie post Taken 2. Okay. But I'm actually interested in this one. <laughs> I actually am. This that one looks... A, that was a good trailer. That was a damn good trailer. That was a really good trailer. Like, give me a trailer that's going to bring me in, right? Yeah. I don't need to know why things are happening. Yeah. I just need to be like sucked in to be like I want to know just, more. That's what happened. I just kind of got lost in watching it. Like yeah. I forgot to talk about it while we were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> or say anything. Which is the definition of a good trailer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your thoughts, buddy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's um we're gonna have a mix of a few things here, right? Where at some point he's gotta drive his car, I guess, from destination to destination and try not to explode him and his children. Yeah. Um 
maybe at some point he's he's kind of loose and able to do whatever he wants to do, and now he's on the hunt, right? Yeah. Um, or is he just like going to be continuously driving these destination destination and eventually meet this person? Uh, either way, I'm gonna be there for it. Yeah, um, because the the action seemed pretty good. Uh, hopefully, we didn't get the you know the major awesome scenes. Hopefully, there's some more more things going on. Um, and hopefully, it gets out of the car at some point. Yeah, put some like, hands on somebody. Like I feel like <laughs> you know these these movies are very you know formulaic regards to yeah they're probably going to be in the car but we're probably we're either seeing is like flashbacks and when he's not in the vehicle yeah or this is happening all this is happening before the vehicle when he's walking around and stuff mm. um and then when he has his kids like i feel like the whole middle of the first act through the whole like middle of the third act mm-hmm. is them in the vehicle together and him on the phone and them trying to like figure out what's going on and then maybe yeah. working with the police or whatever. At some um, point there were no kids in the car. That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. So just a lot of questions in regards to timeline and how things are going to lay, lay out. Right. But like, this is a Liam Neeson movie. So he's going to put hands on this person eventually. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm here to see. Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you put heard some, his daughter. Put some hands on some people in between all that, too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens, man. I would actually like it if he's they're in the vehicle the entire time. You ever seen the movie Payphone? With, no, um, I never watched that one. Kiefer Sutherland and um, what's his name? The, the he, he Orlando the, Bloom? That, wasn't he in that No, one? he played the Penguin. The most recent guy who played the oh, Penguin. Oh, Kyle. Colin, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Colin Farrell was literally the other, in a, the other, other yeah. guy. Yeah. Colin Farrell was in the payphone the entire time. Yeah. On the phone with the sniper, Kiefer yeah. Sutherland, Sutherland. That's the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's stuff happening like outside, but like the focus is this one shot of camera with like him. Yeah. How they, you know, actually had a payphone. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the wildest part of the movie. <laughs> Dude, you just didn't. Who answers the payphone? Yeah. Bro? <laughs> yeah. Why would you? Why would you do that? It's gross. So gross. <laughs> so gross. Post post pandemic. That's the grossest yeah. thing you can do. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> All right, team. We're gonna throw retribution uh, on our socials. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. What's your favorite Liam Neeson movie? Oh. Um, anything recently, or let's go back to the Taken films. All right, team. We have Heart of Stone. This is going to be a Netflix drop starring Gal Gadot, um, an intelligence operative for a shadowy global peacekeeping agency, races to stop a hacker from stealing its most valuable and dangerous weapon. Uh, this is coming at us from Tom Harper, the director, Jamie Dorn. Um, where did my man go? Yeah, why is he so far down the list there? I can't even see it. Um, the guy from the the crack safe and movie that we watched. Well, what was his name? Yeah, um, that's uh, <clears throat> Matthias. Yes, Schwolfer. Yes, Schwolfer. Glad your memory is better than mine for once. Um, but yes, uh, that was my favorite <clears throat> movie. I'll tell you this, man. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll 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 tell you this with the popularity of 
this is what's going on between Netflix and Amazon Prime, and maybe other studios will, will catch up as well, is that there is a big interest in, like, spy shows, movies. There's always interest in that. but There's a big push for that right now. Amazon has, like, Jack Ryan, Reacher. Yeah. <clears throat> they also have the one with uh, Priyanka... Jonas or uh, whatever. Castle. Castle? No, it's not called Castle. It's called something else that's... It was not that good. I watched it. It was okay. Action was okay. It was a little heavy on the CGI. Okay. Um. Priyanka Chopra is her name. But, like, they have that. Oh, Citadel. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. So, they, they have that. Man in the chair. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then Netflix did the big thing with the gray man. They're doing heart of stone. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a big push for these types of spy thrillers, sexy stuff going on. You know, mm-hmm. there's a void right now. We're not going to get another 007 movie yeah. for a while. We don't have, uh, you're not doing any more Jason Bourne movies, right? Yeah. So there's a void. So they're filling it. And we just got a uh, extraction two. We did get attraction too, yeah, which yeah. kind of falls into that category as well, because yep. Hemsworth is very sexy. Right. Um, I I just hate when we get oversaturated with stuff like this. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, Gotta be careful. We, we always need action. We always need world saving movies where this one person is the only person on the planet who can do the job and right, get it done. Right. Um it's just like, yeah, let's spread them out, man. Yeah, yeah. We just had, what was the, the Priyanka show? Citadel. Citadel. We just had that. This is August 11th. We're doing the last season of Jack Ryan right now. Reacher 2 is in production. Um, like you know, It's just like they're working on the Gray Man 2. It's like, you yeah. know, I understand you guys are fighting each other. You you want more views. You want more money yeah. and stuff like that. But, like, I'm going to watch them all. And, like, the plots are just going to get intertwined. And shit. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what happens. You kind of forget who's who and what's what and where's where. Like, whose bomb are we trying to, you know, stop from, from who? You know what I mean? So that's what's yeah. going to happen, guys. But, no, this looks like a very flashy, um, over-the-top. It looks like the gray, the like a female version of the great man. Except okay. for it looks like she has a team compared to – yeah. Um, what Gosling had. It was just literally him. So That's all he needed, man. He needed himself. Needed, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you watch that? Did we talk about yeah, yeah. The, the Gray Man? Yeah, we, we spoke, I think, a little bit about just it. Just a fun, dumb action movie. And, like, <laughs> I keep on forgetting, like, Gosling's actually a really funny guy. Yeah. He yeah. has good comedic. He's not, like, a com- co- comedic actor. Yeah. But he has really good comedic timing. Yeah, I agree. You know how we found that out about, like, Chris Hemsworth and Ragnarok? Yeah. We're like, oh, okay. And then they're like, let's put him in, like, in uh, Men in Black, and let's do this, and let's yeah. do that, or whatever. So, guys, Heart of Stone, um, we're going to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, too excited about it? Not really, but uh, we'll throw it on our socials. Let us know your thoughts here. Uh, what is your favorite spy genre? Oh. What is your favorite spy operative type movie? Franchise? franchise, franchise, yes. And is it the Jason Bourne movies, the 007 movies, or anything else? Good yeah. question. Good question. Could even be Spy Kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. So we, we messed up by not talking about it last week. 
we're going to talk about it now. We're going to continue the train of kind of spy espionage type shows here. We're at in life right now. Uh, the new Disney Plus Marvel Studios drop is Secret Invasion. We're two episodes in. Oh, By yeah. By the time this uh, episode comes out, we're three episodes in. Three episodes. Fury and Talos try to stop the scrolls who have infiltrated the highest spheres of the Marvel Universe. Oh boy! Uh, oh just boy. go ahead and talk to me, man. Episode one and two thoughts, ideas. Uh, I think our biggest reveal in the in the second episode was basically that there are millions of scrolls on Earth. Yeah, like everybody good, at Fox good, News is, is an alien. Yeah, Ooh, good, bad, you know. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, we learn what that uh, Nick is. Married, right? Is he married? Yes. He put his ring on. Yeah. Uh, married to a scroll. Married to a scroll. Whatever. Cool. Yeah. Do you? Do you? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't judge, man. I assume we've lost Maria Hill. But, you know, this is S.H.I.E.L.D., so you never know. You never know, <laughs> you never know what's going on. <laughs> you never know. Uh what else we got going on? Um, basically, you know, we're there's a war that is going on just kind of right in front of everybody's eyes. Yeah. Uh, with the scrolls and I guess other scrolls, they're all fighting each other, whatever, whatever. Uh, but we get, we're starting to get to this point to where we're going back in time a lot, like with the different shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. Going back in time and kind of catching up to where we are in the world now, yeah, and which, which is cool, but also sometimes can get a little much. Like, uh, it can make some things more confusing than not if you don't like. Gotta have a through line. If you don't know where we're at, yeah, and uh, they seem to set up pretty decent timeline here, uh, going through with just kind of callbacks to this and that, or this happened or that happened, and this is where we're at. This is the beautiful thing about uh, what Marvel Studios does very well is that when they do use this plot device, and this plot device has been used for decades, but it was mastered by the show Lost. Um, as far as like we're we're here in time, but we're going to exposition the crap out of you by going yeah. back in time so you can understand why this is happening here. Um, Lost did that brilliantly. Uh, even though I hate Damon Dindelhoff or whatever, but uh, that's beside the point. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do you think about the pacing of this show so far with two episodes that we've watched? Um, it actually seems gone pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, it went from opening, kind of seeing Nick Fury coming back to, like, we're in all-out war. You know, a lot of action already. That That mm-hmm. second episode... Um, had a lot going on, big explosions, gunfights, fighting. Uh, it, it, I feel like it picked up really fast. Yeah, yeah, I do. So uh, this is the thing that I do love, right? Um, some of these shows do not do a good job of marrying the two as far as like exposition, as far as what we need to do and what we need to accomplish and actually like doing it, right? Yeah. When I see a show like this, um, where I'm expecting action, but I'm expecting to understand also what's going on. Yeah. It either leans heavy on the action 
where like it doesn't make sense about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Yeah. Or it leans too heavy on the exposition and then when the action comes, the action's like very, yeah. very small. And it's like, oh well that we talked a lot about that. <laughs> yeah. And we got we got this, right? Yeah. This is a, a, a show, at least two episodes in, where we're getting to see the Mary of the like the fifty fifty in regards yeah, it was to, good. to that, man. Um I love the, the um, scene at the end of the first episode where they're literally on that stakeout in, in Russia and they're, they're moving and grooving and then like the explosions happen and Nick Fury sh- over here. And just, then chaos. Stro- just chaos. Just chaos. And it's like beautifully shot. Yeah. That's how like I want a high pressure type espionage type spy uh, scene to go. Just like that, right? And then uh, the scene at the end of the second episode in regards to one, well, the scene b- before where they go in to try to like get the guy who is yeah. uh, getting interrogated, really dope scene. Yeah, and like you just kind of all of a sudden you're just in the middle of a fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good. It's like okay, there's some stuff going on. We're here. We're doing this, and then action. Yes, that matches the dialogue exactly, right. that, and the reason why they need to go in get this guy yeah yeah um but then just to come come out on top to see like my man uh basically like gravic just be like the head honcho after that man just take over he just went in and bullied everybody that was just a dope scene man. yeah like that's just good writing dope scene and it sets it up like you know this kid this guy has a vendetta against Nick Fury in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, he just filled a vacuum and got so much power. What is he going to do with that? And then, like, Nick, you are only a man. <laughs> I, I I love Nick Fury, but, like, what... I'm, I'm really interested to see, like, what 74-year-old Nick Fury is about to do. Yeah. <laughs> um. Nick Fury's always got a plan, though. He's always got an escape plan or he something. Always has an escape plan. He says, he got, uh, "I got to go home and get some ass first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's number one. Yes, yes. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got to be home by. I got to be home by dinner time. Yeah, guys, yeah I got to okay? get some dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Did I, uh, I got a plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I'm I'm excited for this show, man. Four yeah. episodes left. Uh, you know, seeing Martin Freeman as Everett Ross in that first scene, and then coming up finding that uh, it was a, it was just a scroll who was playing him. Yeah, that was, <clears throat> was cool. really dope. Obviously, Colby Smulders as Maria Hill was cool. Um, but like, give my man Don Cheadle Rhodey some like, give him <laughs> his flowers, he bro. Is, uh, doing doing some big. Big things here. He is like the acting, the the delivery, man. Yeah. In this, it's like, all right, we're on a Marvel show, and like, yeah, let's take it seriously. But like, Don Cheadle's that guy, that actor who's like gonna. He comes he, to work. He came in straight G on <laughs> this one. He comes to work, punches in. Yeah. He's gonna give you a great performance yeah, every yeah. time, man. It's just like, oh, you're like, so we're not gonna be on the same team right here, bro. Like, yeah. we're gonna talk politics instead of this. <laughs> like, well, he he came in like. A different roadie than we kind of saw um, towards the end of like Endgame and stuff like that, where he was 
little bit against the government. Yeah. Right? Because basically because of how the Avengers were treated and all this stuff. Um, so now we're seeing that roadie that's, you know, I think we got him, what, in uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. He was into that role. More right? political. Yeah, exactly. Kind of hold it up. Hey, this is our orders. This is what we're doing. And now we're really seeing that. He's he's drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah, he's in it. Damn it, Rhodey. <laughs> he said, don't let me go get the suit, man. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe get the suit. And I just laid it up on him and was like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> that one kills anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, so how are you guys liking so far uh, Secret Invasion? Let us know. Who's your favorite character so far? Um, and who would have thunk that, uh, the spy of all spies would be married and married to a scroll. So yeah. guys He's spent a lot of time in space, man. <laughs> Things get weird up there. <laughs> With us on our socials, guys. All right, brother, you ready to jump into this week's movie? Sir. All right, my man. Guys, we have here Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, also known some by some people as Indiana Jones 5. Mm. Don't ever call it that, though. I, I hate that so much. <laughs> Pisses me off. Guys, this one is directed by, for the first time, not directed by Steven Spielberg. This one is directed by James Mangold, written by uh, Jez Butterworth, John Henry Butterworth, David mm-hmm. Kep, and James Mangold. Nice, nice. We have a $300 million budget. So far, $152 million grossed at the box office. Yeah. And this week, we have starring roles. Uh, we have Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Phoebe Bridge as Helena Shaw. Mads McKilson as Jurgen Voller. Antonio Banderas as Ronaldo. John Ray Davis as Sala. Toby Jones as Basil Shaw. Boyd Holbrook as Claybar, Ethan Isidore as Teddy Kumar, Karen Allen as Marion Ravenwood, Shawnette Wilson as Mason, Thomas Kretschmann as Colonel Weber, Oliver Richters as Hawk, Mark Keelan as Pontimus, Nazar Namarzia as Archimedes, Mark McDougal as Durkin, and Ali Safi as Rahim. Good deal, good deal, good deal. I actually like that you ran through most of them, actually all of them, because um, with, like, James Mangold in his movies, mm-hmm. he does a really good job of, like, character, like, giving somebody yeah, yeah. everything, you know what I mean? Um, A, a character and yeah, giving them some br- breath to actually breathe. Yeah, I was going to say, that they all kind of, you kind of get a little bit of a backstory from all of them. Exactly. Pretty much, or... They're in the film the whole time. Exactly. One of the two. Exactly. <laughs> They're just either around for a really long time or they get a real cool quick scene. Definitely there. <laughs> All right, man. Go ahead and give us that quick synopsis of Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny. Indy has half of the Dial of Destiny. He goes after the other half with his goddaughter, Helena. Uh, they lead the Nazis to all the pieces they need to initiate the Master Evil plan. Yes. Nazis again, ladies Not, and gentlemen. Always Nazis. Always Nazis. Always Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> just gets followed by Nazis. I don't understand it. It's whatever. Always. Indiana Jones in versus the Nazis, I love man. what he's just like, Nazis again? <laughs> so, yeah, dude, it's Nazis again. We thought the same thing. 
It wasn't Nazis one time, yeah, bro. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you have a bad track yeah. record, bro. Um, all right, man. So let's go ahead and jump here. Yeah. We have uh, Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, the world-renowned globetrotting archaeologist and college professor here. Um, I don't know about you, man, but like <clears throat> when it comes to like heroes mm-hmm. in my life, and there's obviously the superheroes that we know and love, yes. right? But outside of that, it's Harrison Ford and whoever he's playing. Okay, okay that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's Harrison Ford as Han Solo. It's Harrison mm. Ford as um, uh, shit, the guy from the uh, Blade Runner. Okay. It's Harrison Ford <laughs> as Indiana Jones. I got you. Okay, um. I love to see him back. And I, I love that Harrison Ford was like, you're not recasting. You're yeah. not getting a younger Indiana Jones. Right. When I die, the character dies. Right. And like, he's just one of those actors where it's just like, hey, studio, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't poke the bear. <laughs> Even after he's... Long and gone. All I, right. wouldn't, I wouldn't poke the bear. You know what I mean? Mike, is your studio burned down doing exactly. that? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I yeah. gotta risk it. Yeah. Bunch of Han Solo fans come through. Yeah. You saw how uh, the Solo movie did. Not do. Not, not well. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but no, literally, Indiana Jones has been one of my favorite characters since I the first time I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, man. Yeah. Just to follow him through Raiders, Doom, uh, Crusade. Crystal Skull, which was blah, but I still in- enjoyed it. It was still yeah. a good ad- adventure. And then to see him uh, cap things off with this, man, to see him back in action one la- last time here. But we get a different indie, man. He is going through a divorce. Yeah. He's kind of a drunkard. Uh, he doesn't enjoy being a college professor like he <laughs> was before. Like, if you remember from um, Raiders and Crusade, uh the girls were digging him. Oh, yeah. They were just like, ooh, like every word that he said, they were just like, ooh, but like, <laughs> yeah, Henry yeah. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one, he's just like, anybody? Anybody? Anybody do the he's like the guy. He's like the guy from uh, Ferris Bueller's yeah. day, day Off, right? <laughs> at, at this point, where nobody's paying attention. Uh, but I also like that we got the, um, and obviously, they younged up his face or put his young face on another body. And yeah. And did that pre that that like scene for the Dial of Destiny or mm-hmm. whatever? Um, I did enjoy that. That was really fun and exciting. It kind of brought us into understand where how this movie was setting up. But yeah. like, I, I loved him. I loved the Harrison. Did you watch Shrinking with Harrison Ford? Apple TV Plus. You still didn't get on that. No, damn it! No, no, I told you about no, that. Um, I loved him in that, and I love I love I like eighty year old Harrison Ford is what I'm trying to say. Damn it, <laughs> okay, okay? Gotcha. I'm okay with that. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, Even yeah, seeing yeah. him in his draws trying to like drink and make coffee. Yeah, Harrison Ford is the man, man. Um, but yeah, he comes back and he has to go on this. Um, you know, he's missed a few steps because yeah. because he's older, but at the same exact time, he still has that like altruistic hero gene in him where he has to save the day and do the right thing every time. Oh, yeah. And that's what I love about Indiana Jones, man. Uh, he's not a complex hero. He is just that a hero. I have to go do this and be good at it. Yeah, so I need, I need to go find this thing and put it in a museum so nobody else can get it. Exactly. Every time, yeah. man. 
All usually does not make it to the museum, but it's fine. fine. (laughs) All the MacGuffins, man. Never never seen one of his relics in a real museum. That's all I'm saying. They need to get locked locked up, bro. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Uh, We got Phoebe Waller-Bridge as Helena Shaw. Talk to me, man. Uh, So we got Joseph's goddaughter here. Uh, As we see in that opening scene, we got Toby Jones as Basil Shaw, which is her dad. And he goes crazy from trying to hunt down this the dial the other half of the dial of destiny or figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he hadn't seen her in a long time. When he, I guess the last time he saw her is the night he took that half of the dial of destiny. Yeah. So what he say, uh, 18 years, something like that. Something he hadn't like seen that, yeah. her. Um, so she just shows up and, you know, obviously when somebody kind of just randomly shows up, they're usually up to something. And she comes in acting real friendly, this, that, or the other, and we quickly find out she just wants to know what he has. And he has the part, what she wants, and she rolls out. Yeah. And this is where, like, I guess it's a little weird in the script. Like, she's talking to him at the bar. Like, she wants to find the other half and, you know being put it in the museum or get like notoriety and stuff like yeah. that. But then when we get to Morocco, she's trying to sell it because <laughs> she has debts. Yeah. So like I I've always loved a character, a femme fatale type character where there's like mysterious. Yeah. And that's kind of what she was. I just didn't like that we didn't get kind of a conclusion as far as like which route was she really trying to go? Right? Like, was she trying to clear her debts, or did she want to go ahead and do this? Or did she have a plan to, like, sell it, get the money, pay off her debts, and get that piece back? I do not know, right? And I wish we would have got, like, that a little bit more fleshed out with her. Well, I think it... I think it kind of changes through the movie. Yeah. I mean, we obviously don't... Don't get a conclusion. Does she pay off her debt? Does she do that stuff? But, like, for, for what I saw... She was planning on selling it and moving on. Maybe she didn't believe that the other piece was where it was, mm. or she was just using that to confuse Indy. Maybe gotcha. Maybe hey, there's some hope. You know, I know you said you're going to destroy it, but maybe you didn't. That's what she was hoping for. Um. So it's really hard to tell, like, what the the plan was at the middle of the movie um, because, obviously, the whole thing went down and they end up having to go look for the other half. Whatever. That's how the adventure goes. Yes, yes, yes. All right, here we got Mads Mikkelsen as Jurgen Voller, a former Nazi during World War II who has been hired by NASA and seeks to use the Apollo moon landing program for his own gain there. Uh, Before we move forward with this, uh, talking about uh, Voller, I did watch um, the show Hunters okay. on Amazon Prime, and it's about these uh, Jewish Americans and, and others okay. um, forming a posse and hunting down uh, Nazis in America. 
All right. And kind of abroad as well. So like North America and stuff. What what timeline would that have been in? Like the seventies. Okay, okay. Late I didn't know 60s, if it was like 70s. yesterday that yeah. they were doing I don't I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> going on around the world really. But uh it was a it was a dope dope show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It went for two seasons, really enjoyed it. But one of the things that they talk about a lot is and this is actually real where a lot of German engineers and scientists and stuff. <laughs> came over and worked for NASA. Gotcha. So that really happened, right? So they even used this um, point for Voller. It's really interesting here. Okay. Uh, one we'll thing do. with Mickelson, he's a lot like uh, Don Cheadle, where he, when he clock, when you need a bad guy, you want to clock in. <laughs> Matt Mickelson will get the damn <laughs> yeah, job, we'll get job done, done man. Okay. <laughs> agreed. 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 Gets the damn job every time, man. He just, he's intimidating. It's his voice. Um, but I liked him that he was different, right? He, a lot of villains in these movies, they, they have a plan, Mm -hmm. but their team is so big. They have so many like henchmen and stuff like that, that it's more, we'll just see what happens. I like that. I like that he was a scientist and he was precise. He knew exactly what he needed to do. And he had the right amount of guys like, or yeah. henchmen in order to go ahead and get what he needed and get it done. Yeah. Um, Matt is one of the best villains, like character actor villains in Hollywood today, man. Does it the best. Yeah, it was cool that he, like you said, he just had, we didn't have to follow this guy who's just giving orders to a bunch of people. Hey, go get him. Yeah. Hey, you Six people go that way. You eight thousand people go this other way. You yeah. know, <laughs> it was a very small, very small amount of men targeting this one thing, which yep. was help keep that story tight. Exactly, because keep like, those characters tight. Because it was it was raiders. It was just like countless guys. Yeah, yeah. Crusade, countless guys. Crystal Skull, countless guys. Yeah, just so like, yeah, like in these punching guys all Nazis. day long. Limited Nazis. <laughs> limited Nazis, right? <laughs> it was. They had a limited Nazis. Not this one though. They had a, had a small time. crew, man. <laughs> Got to do the damn thing. <laughs> All right, we got Antonio Barris here, um, an old friend of Jones who operates an expert as an expert frogman. Um, I really liked that Antonio Banderas was added to this film. That was actually one of the uh, joys of the film for me. That I was like, oh hey, hey. Zorro. Yeah. Zorro. Um, and it kind of gave him a backstory as far as being, you know, his old friend. Yeah. Being a, uh, a, a diver and having like a bum knee as well, man. Uh, gone too, too damn soon in the movie. I, I believe Antonio was also in Spy Kids, if I'm not mistaken. He was in Spy Kids. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, look at that. All over look the place. Look how that works man. out. <laughs> <laughs> um,. But he was just dope, man, in this film. Uh, yeah. Brought a little more levity to, to the film film here. Um, it was just like, I just was like, when I saw Antonio, I was just like, ah, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, like, you're just bringing good people in, man, that I love right. to, I just love to look at, man. And even through all that, uh, he's still a sexy man, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um John Reese Davies as Salal, uh, Jones's old friend who aided him in the Ark of the Covenant, in the Holy Grail, so in Raiders and in Crusade, um, but immigrated to his family to New York with Jones' assistance. Now works as a cab driver and 
is that friend that's always there to kind of help out Jones, and that's appreciative, right? When you go zero dark 30, you need somebody to call. Yeah. You call your taxi driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, moving forward here, Toby Jones as Basil Shaw, an Oxford professor of archaeology, Ally of Jones, and uh, Helena's father, who's obsessed with the dial. Uh, Toby Jones is also one of those guys that just clocks in and does a good job, man. Yes, um, yes. And with saying that, uh, he also does a good job of going insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Right? Because, like, you knew he was a little off in the beginning. When he's just like, uh, come on, Shaw. Come on, Basil. Like, come on, get, you know, you thought yeah. he was a little off. Like, if you're in peril, get your ass out of peril, right? That's Indiana Jones's way. Yeah. Um, but then to be a civilian again and just kind of, go insane over this man you cut there was like a little heartbeat like you didn't know it was going to happen but then when you see that callback it's like oh okay that makes sense there was set up there in the story to kind of see him go insane about this i got really wanted that damn dial yeah all right james mangold's favorite person on the on the freaking planet is boyd holbrook here boyd was the bad guy with a henchman bad guy and logan as well yeah yeah that's as, a, yep. Yeah, I remember as uh, Kleber, uh, Volus Nefarious and Trigger Happy Right Hand Man in 1969. Um, give me your thoughts on him, brother. I mean, he was just kind of a reckless guy through the whole movie. <laughs> so calls, reckless. He caused a lot of unnecessary problems. So reckless. <laughs> like, like literally, literally is probably the one who calls. All of this to go down in the worst ways it could have went down. They probably could have won if it wasn't for this guy. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, he comes in, and he's just starts shooting people right off the bat. He's just ready to, to shoot people and fight people. Uh, that's pretty much his whole thing. Yeah. Through the whole, through the whole, um, the whole deal, because he's not really, like, He's just a guy, isn't he? Like, he's not... So he's, I think somebody tells so him at like one a, point, he's like, you're not an agent. So he's like a, he's like a henchman for uh, Voler. Sci- directly for the scientist. Yes. Yeah, okay. But he's, like, not a good good one. No, no, he's the worst. He's the worst one. Yes. Um, but he, he's his, like, right-hand man. He wants to... He's like, he's trying to, to run the show... But he's just terrible at it. Yeah. Like, he, like I say, he comes in shooting people. Every time it's like, immediately go to the most aggressive thing I can do in this situation. <laughs> hey, I just need you to move those people out of the way. Yeah. Okay. Or you can shoot 17 people yeah. out of the way. That that works too, yeah. I guess. You know what I mean? Draw attention to us. Cool. Uh, but it's, it's it's Boyd Holbrook, man. And just like he was in Logan, uh, He's a henchman who's over the top. Yeah, yeah. Does things unnecessarily. Uh, and, you know, has that really good southern accent, man. <laughs> uh, he, I don't even think he's... Where's, he is from Kentucky, but when he was in The Predator, he didn't have his accent, so he worked against it. But, yeah, man, I, I've always liked, liked him. Did you see him in The Sandman? No. Did you watch that show? I did. So he was the guy without eyes. Yeah, so okay. 
You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Go back and watch. <laughs> I'll go check that out now. Which episode was he? I can find exactly. most of them. Okay, fair enough. All of them. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. We got Ethan Isidore as Teddy Kumar, Helena's uh, young rock and psychic in Tangier. It's kind of a callback to um <clears throat> the kid from Doom, um. But he's a kid sidekick, man. Yeah, he's like a he's the sidekick sidekick. Sidekick, like, sidekick. Helen is kind of the sidekick, and then he's her sidekick. He's uh, but he helps out a lot in the film. Yeah, he's he has really he's, resourceful. Yeah, exactly. He's small and he can steal and everything else. So yeah, he stole a damn plane. Yeah, which was the most unbelievable thing in the movie. I mean, I I more believe going back in time, <laughs> right, to the Roman War. Yeah. This kid. Fully taking off on a plane and the pilot not knowing it until it was too late. Yeah, that was just like okay. Like, are you sleeping that hard, bro? There's a My propeller. Man had a rough day. There's a propeller next to your ear. I mean, had a rough day, dude. There's, the, there's no silencing <laughs> in those things back in the sixties, seventies. What was going on? Uh, <laughs> cute kid, but I I love it where how he takes out Hawk. That was messed up. Yeah, it was pretty rough. I was like, I was like, okay, this is like Steve. I don't know if Steve Silver would have allowed that in in his. I movie. got you. Like, yeah, guys have been shot before, and guys have been crushed, but yeah. like drowning, you drown that guy. Allegedly, that he, guy. He, dr- he allegedly drowned that. Guy. We didn't see it for sure. <laughs> we did not see. He allegedly, his body did <laughs> okay, the runtime was getting a little yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Alleg- allegedly, that happened. I also didn't want to see that in yeah. a Disney movie. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> if he did or not, but yeah, really resourceful kid, and he kills one of the the Nazi guys. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. kills a guy who's seven two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick at the end, we got uh, Karen Allen as Marion Ravenwood, Jones's wife, who aided him in the Ark of the Covenant and in Crystal Skull, and she comes back at the end to nurse him back to health. Uh, really quickly here, we got Seanette Renee Wilson as Mason, U.S. government agent um, who was working with the CIA, FBI, or whatever, and and also Voller and what yeah. his intentions were. Well, she was the liaison to get him. Thanks for helping us with the, the missions to the moon. Right. Um, here, let's now work on what you want. Correct. But. <clears throat> the way they went about it was really like not good. Not the way good. they went about it is actually really American because like <laughs> our, our FBI and CIA does some sketch shit, yeah. um, so it actually <laughs> made sense that they would like do a black ops mission right. to a university, guns drawn and stuff. So, yeah, and work with like some really sketchy guys. So um, Oliver Richards as Hawk, the a heavily built uh, henchman for Voller, who's seven two. Um, you always just need a big, dumb Nazi-looking guy. And I, I love how, like, in a lot of the scenes, like, you just don't see the top of his body. You don't. Like, you're, they're, they're <laughs> folk- out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> or, you're or when, like, um, when they're in that, that room where they're, where she's doing the bidding on the dial. Yeah. And he, like, grabs somebody or something. You don't see the top <laughs> of his body. You just see his arm. And everything else is covered up by, like, lamps. <laughs> Can't put it in frame, bro. <laughs> He's so big. He's a gigantic dude. But gets thrown by a kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, that waters. Yep. Remember what, uh, who was it? Uh, Ashton Kutcher in uh, 
Man, I almost had it. I can't remember the movie. What? Um, where he's the diver. They're the divers. Oh, and I know like the big muscle about. guy gets in the water and he's he sinks. Yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah, Ashton Kutcher <laughs> knows what's up. You know, muscles don't float. All right, we got Gar- um, Guardian. I think is what the name of that. that actually, show a really good good flick. It really I've was. Yeah, really good. Good flick. All right, then we got <laughs> so, some other people, but the one notable was uh, Alas. Uh, Allah Safi as Rahim, the son from Rock and Mob Boss, who was previously engaged to Helena Shaw. He also brought some levity to, to the film where, like, he wanted to kill her but also loved her. Yeah. And it was an un, it was an unnecessary, like, addition to the chase scene, but it added dimension to it as well. Where right. like, We have to deal with this, and we have to deal with this. And we're kind of in the middle, and we're kind of got to go back and forth as the, the chase is in. So, like, they're chasing yeah. us. We're chasing them. There's a lot going on. A lot there, of chasing. So. A lot of chasing. A lot of Whole lot of chasing. Ch- chasing there, so. <laughs> All right, man. Um, I do want to talk about this. Uh, the music by John Williams, always fire, mm. always amazing, never fails. Um, that original score hits, man. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just back cracking the whip again. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> but I like that we started in like Nazi Germany and they're trying to like pack up and do the damn thing. Yeah. And like they're at, we've never seen them at their, at the end of the war. Like I think we okay. saw that a little bit in like the first Captain America movie, but really haven't seen like Nazis like retreating the way that, that they were. Gotcha. Um, and I like that we got that here. That was really interesting. Also that we got to see like, we finally got to see a lot of, where he teaches college at. We always get, like, the classroom. <laughs> then we get, like, the little, like, James Bond meeting that yeah, he has yeah. with, the, with, like, the FBI or CIA, like, Dr. Jones. Even though you don't have um, a gun or military anything, we need you to go into this crazy world and, and yeah. deliver this and, and do this before the Nazis take advantage of it. He's like, okay. Um, got to see some of his co-workers. Got to see some of his co-workers and stuff like that. You Boring know, we got to see office. more of the, the, the university, right? Yeah. Um, and then he destroys it all, and they all everybody gets shot up there, too. But I mean, you know, it's what it is. But then we got, like, New York. Yeah. And it's, like, New York at a very specific time uh, where, you know, moon landings are, 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 are happening. Right. Um, the culture is changing, right? We're out of the sixties, about to hit the seventies. Just really cool to see, man. Really cool to see and something that we've not got to witness. And I, uh, I almost had a James Bond movie and he had a Jones movie. Yeah. It's usually like, like you said, like his, his classroom. And then we're in a cave somewhere. (laughs) We're in the woods, in the forest. Yes. Yeah. I I feel that. Yeah, exactly there. But, um, but then, you know, we do have to go to, that cave and we have to do <laughs> the damn thing we and do end up in a cave yes. we, we do end up in a cave with like naturally you know in what i mean tomb, in a tomb to be exact <laughs> um, very typical and i i appreciate that yeah. man, where we kind of kept that rhythm of the other movies where yep yep let's give us this this big james man go what he does well yeah. is just like bright visually like world building and make everything look awesome in new york and then let's put us in this cramped ass cave yeah, yeah. It does that fantastic. Yeah, the yeah. one thing, the one drawback is like, yes, I know you're 80 and don't want a <laughs> bunch of bugs and everything on you, but the bugs definitely were CGI, we can tell. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, 
you can also tell that they were faking being like frightened and scared about it because they were super CGI. Yeah, it was like a little off. Like, like I felt. Now you say that I felt that the timing reactions of that scene were off. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly there, and maybe it's what Disney does best, and they just try to rush their uh, animators and yeah. CGI guys to like get the damn job done or something. I don't know, but I feel like. James Mangold and how well he did the Wolverine, Logan, 310 to Yuma, 4 versus Ferrari, that if you're going to add something like that, you could do it a little better. Yeah, I got you. Just my take <laughs> um, about that. All right, brother, you ready to jump into the theme? All right. All right, yeah. man. All right. Um, I thought long and hard about this one. Okay. Uh, getting back into the game. You know, these these movies, he's not the most, like we just talked about, he's not the guy to really take on the Nazis. You're, in, you're a college fresher and an archaeologist who's just a badass, right? Right. With a gun and a whip. Um, but he himself finds intrinsic joy out of saving the day and getting the priceless artifact that could you know, take over, have somebody actually get in the wrong hands can take over the world, mm-hmm. right? He finds joy in that. And I, I I feel like Harrison Ford himself, but also Indiana Jones as an old man, found joy in uh, getting back into the game, saving the day, being there for his uh, good friend Basil and yeah. his goddaughter, and making sure that the Nazis don't win one last time. Right. I think that's what this uh, movie was. You know, there's a lot that was that was going on, but that was the, the big thing of this movie. You know, you were, he was down on his luck. He lost his kid in the war. Yeah. He doesn't have his wife because she doesn't know how to deal with it, so she leaves. Um, they're they're filing for a divorce, and he's not enjoying the classroom anymore. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that he really can do is get back in the fight. Right does it so i thought that was really cool man all right team that is our conversation about james van gogh's indiana jones and the dial of destiny jv yes sir give me your thoughts and ratings brother so with this particular indiana jones movie i i honestly thought it was just a little ended up being a little much for me. Okay. Um, just because it was like, I mean, I guess it's kind of typical of Indiana Jones, right? It's long chase scenes, really long chase scenes. Um, and then you end up doing all this stuff and you lead the bad guys to the end game anyways, <laughs> right? It's... <laughs> Like you're you're trying to you're trying to prevent this thing from happening, happens but anyway. <laughs> it happens anyway because you, as Indiana Jones, lead the bad guys every step of the way to get to this end thing, <laughs> and that's kind of a that's, that's kind of the theme for these movies, right? <laughs> Which, you know, it works as a fun movie, but that's just what happens. Like, you're, you're 
You're like, okay, just stop looking for it, man. Don't look for it. Leave it buried. You're not going to find it. Yeah. But, you know, that's what it is. Um, this uh, this particular Indiana Jones movie is going to get a three out of five buckets for me. Yeah. Um, it was an okay watch, but it was, like I said, it, it, it it's kind of a, uh, it's the same, it's the same movie. Yeah. But we get that a lot, right, with different franchises. Um, but it was, it, it was just one of those things where it has good parts, which was the small cast and getting to know all these people. And but you also have the same thing happen that you happened in all the other movies. So kind of get you caught in the middle, right? For me, anyways. Uh, it's three out of five buckets for me. What about you, brother? Gotcha, 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 man. <laughs> uh, yeah, you broke it down. That's a wrap, guys. We'll, we'll see you next week. Um, no, man. So, like I said, like he's one of my favorite characters, and yeah. it's less. It's less the story and more just him as that intrinsic good guy. Yeah. That, like, young boys can look up to and be like, that's a hero. Right. He doesn't have any powers. He just... He doesn't have mind... He doesn't have anything <laughs> except for, like, his hat his, and his bullwhip. Yeah. And he's going to save the day. He's going to figure it out. Now, you're right. Along with that... The bad guys get whatever they're looking for and Every do time. the thing that Every they're looking time. for. Uh, <laughs> but Indiana Jones figures out how to thwart them after they get it. You know, we'll we'll say with Raiders, um, if he just would have sat back yeah. and just cooled out, he could have just they would have all died, and he could have picked up the ark and kept the movie. <laughs> well, right, I guess we're, <laughs> I guess we're good here, <laughs> right? right? Uh, uh, same thing with Crystal Skull, and then same thing with Cru- Crusade, right? Crusade was a little different because they got trapped in there, so that was added on. Right. But the bad guys still drank from the wrong cup. You have that. There there was that. Um, but it's always a MacGuffin. Always yeah. got to find something. Always got to go to this exotic location yeah. and, and save the day. But, but for this one in particular, too, they completely completed their plan. I mean, the man changed his mind at the end of the movie because he went to the wrong place. Yes. But he did exactly what he planned to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> step by step. Step by step. Well, it was like, I'm doing... My <laughs> <laughs> and, like, did you... Love it. Love so, it. I, I watched uh, on... I was watching some re- review and guy was talking about Batman vs Superman. Yeah, and was like, if you actually watch that movie, like Lex Luthor's entire plan goes off without a hitch. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing that like stops his plan is way at the end is the name Martha. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, uh, Doomsday would still be wreaking havoc. Yeah, but Superman still died. True. So, like, in regards to this movie, <laughs> audible at the end, maybe. <laughs> in regards <laughs> to this movie, Voler plan goes off without a hitch. Yeah, yeah. Everything that he planned on doing in his head, how he calculated everything, went off. And the only thing he didn't adjust for was something that wasn't invented at the time of. Oh, and I forgot what it what yeah, it some, was. Some kind of shift. drift. There is you what go. It was. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, it was the only thing he didn't. So that ended them back in, you know, uh, 12, uh, 212 BC. Yeah. Um, but it was still a fun fun ride. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have a new appreciation for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Like, seeing her, I you know, I have not seen any of her other stuff. She I did she was she played the bot in so in solo, um, and she has good writing, but I really haven't seen her much on screen myself. Um I want to now. I think she has a show called Fleabag on Amazon Prime that I'm gonna go back and watch. Mm-hmm. Um but she was like the lifeblood of the film as she was really fun to watch. Um really fun, charming, uh slippery as well. I really think that she was. She's smarter than she always put on man. But right. Uh, just to see one last ride with Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, man, is just worth the price of admission. Um, give me these stories, even though there's a lot of flaws with them because they're just fun. Yeah. Um, give me. This is just a a popcorn flick for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not looking for anything much. Um, four buckets of popcorn. Good deal. Yeah, brother. Yeah. Definitely gonna be rewatching this one when they all drop on Disney Plus. I'm just gonna watch them all in a row. Harris Ford's the man. Right, right. All right, team. Thank you for subscribing to this week's episode, Talking Through Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Next week, we will be discussing the female-led comedy, Joyride. You can catch that in a theater near you. Like always, I am Clyde Smith. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as I am Clyde D. Smith. I am Javier Villalobos. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MrJ8200. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Like always, keep watching. Happy 84.